Hello and welcome listeners to a special multi-guest episode on Taiwanese Pro Ball. I'm your host, Ryan Chen. It's October 27, 2020. For the lead-up to the Taiwan Series, the championship series that will determine the CPBL winner this season, I chatted with a number of fellow CPBL English listeners about how they got into the league, what do they think of the season overall, and some predictions about the Taiwan Series between the CTBC Brothers and the Uni President 7-Eleven Lions. This is part one of two. The next one is scheduled for Thursday with a different set of CPBL fans slash experts. Today's episode features Evan, better known as Not a Sports Journalist, Allison, better known as Infield Fly Girl, and Daniel, better known as Rich Eisen's good friend. Enjoy. Evan, known as Not a Sports Journalist, Twitter handle at journalist underscore not, He's the wizard of spreadsheets, giving us the probabilities of the four CPBL teams' title odds game by game, it seems. And you ought to be proud because we were all doing the math as the days wound down. And during the summer, Evan put together the English game highlights and broadcaster highlights vids, which I love. And from one Bay Area guy to another, welcome to the show, Evan. Uh, thank you, Ryan. It's a pleasure to be talking with you this evening. Awesome to have you. We're really excited for the season we just had, the series we had, and of course, getting to talk about baseball. So my first question to you and to everyone is, have you ever or do you currently play any baseball? Uh, no, I have not. Um, I guess the only baseball that I played was in PE at school. I never played Little League. And yeah. All right. Well, it's still good to have you as a fan, have you in the conversation. So how did you start as a fan of the CPBL and why are the Lions your favorite team? So in, I believe it was late April, uh, so it was just about six months ago, I had uh, stumbled across some live streams of games played in East Asia. I think they're like intra-squad games in Japan, they're preseason games in Korea, and I kind of watched those on and off. And I think I did come across a couple of CPBL games too, but I didn't really like stick with them at first. But I, th I think it was either the second or third game that I'd watched in late April is the Lions hosting the Monkeys. And for some reason, I think it was just maybe the scene of the mascots and the cheerleaders. But somehow it stuck for me. Uh, yeah, that's, how, that's kind of how I became a Lions fan. And also at the time, the, uh, I think the Monkeys were undefeated. And in that game that I watched, um, I think I fell asleep before it ended. But when I woke up the next morning, I found out that the Lions had given the Monkeys their first loss. And they kind of all kicked off from there. Now, how did the uh, dynamic of playing that game without any fans kind of work in your mind? At first, I thought it was kind of weird that like there were cheerleaders and mascots uh, in the stands when there were no fans in the stands. Mm -hmm. But after I, I found the dance numbers pretty interesting. Um, and so... Yeah, I liked it, and it made me want to watch it again. All right, and your thoughts on the overall CPBL season we just finished with? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's my first ever first ever time following a season not in North America, uh, for baseball, that is. And I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm excited that Taiwan Series is here. However, I'm not excited that the season's going to end in a little over a week. Uh, but, yeah, overall... Really interesting that the two teams that finished in uh, three and four in the first half finished one and two in the second half. Mm. Uh, so that just I mean, goes to show that how close these teams are 
even when you have a team like the Monkees, who are kind of perennial winners at this point, uh, even even they struggle a lot. So it just goes to show that it's not easy. That's true. So speaking of the champs, your thoughts on the Lions who took the second half title? Yeah, I mean, there were times in the first half where I knew they were capable of mm. clinching a half-season title, but it seemed like they could never string together like five or six good games. It was always they would have like two or three good games and then they'd lose three in a row or something like that. And then it was early on in the second half where they had won. It was a two-game series at the Brothers, and they won both of those games. And then at that point, I kind of realized maybe this team does have a shot at winning the second half. And the second half kind of went, well, for all four teams, is kind of up and down for all of them. And I think appropriately went down to the final two games and Lions had to win them both. And they did. And coming into the final two games, I didn't, well, first of all, I didn't think they were going to beat the guardians. I didn't think they were going to beat Mm. Sosa in that penultimate game, but they did. And at that point, the pressure was kind of off because they'd already clinched a playoff spot. And then they just kind of uh, rubbed it into the monkeys. They, (laughs) they eliminated the monkeys. So they didn't have to go through that, uh, play-in series, and they have a even shot 50-50 at winning the Taiwan Series now. The brothers do not get that one-game advantage. Yeah, that is such a good evaluation of how that feeling went. And how crazy is it that the brothers and uh, Lions flipped records in head-to-head matchups first half and second half? And what do you attribute that to? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's 4-16 and 16 against them in the first half and then 13-6-1 uh, and one in the second half. That's quite the turnaround. I mean, maybe you, could, maybe you could attribute it to better pitching. The Lions did have better starting pitching and relief pitching in the mm-hmm. second half, at least it seemed like from uh, my perspective. It's also possible that the brothers just for some reason had a, they had a good matchup against the Lions in the first half, and then things just kind of returned to the mean in the second. Hmm. What and it's also interesting idea. because mm-hmm. in the in the first half, basically the brothers needed if they hadn't gone, what was it, sixteen or four against the Lions in the first half, they probably don't win the first half. And then in the second half, if the Lions don't go thirteen and six against the brothers, they probably don't win the second half. So this is kind of funny. And now they're meeting each other in the Taiwan series. So who do you have for the Taiwan series, and in how many games? I'll, I'll go with uh, brothers in six. Uh, I know even though as of late the Lions have matched up well against them, I think ultimately the brothers do have the better weapons on uh, offense and defense. Hmm. Uh, it will be, I mean, obviously Melville uh, and Stankovic came in clutch down the stretch, but they have also had bad outings earlier in the season. Uh, well, mm-hmm. it's kind of less likely, I think, that, to Paula and Miranda are going to have bad addings. And there's uh, is, is the other guy, Rogers, is that right? It should be Rogers. All right. Yeah, and he's uh, he's done pretty well since coming back. He was demoted to the minors earlier. Is that correct? That's right. And then, he, and then he came back. So he's been doing well or better as of late. And then both teams have great hitters in Chen Chishen and uh, Wang Weishen. They're both kind of like they're guaranteed at least one hit per night, basically, at least from – Whenever I watch one of the games, they're they're always getting one or two hits each. And um, although on offense, I think is it is, uh, Chong Chao out for the series? 
we expect him to be out with his side injury. So we'll see. I mean, the brothers still have other weapons that they have. Uh, Shu Ji Kong and Chen Su Hao and Chan Tu Shen. Uh, so I think mm-hmm. if, uh, how should I say this? Uh, obviously, the Lions offense is also pretty good with uh, Linanka and Su Che. Although Linanka has, seems like he's striking out more in the second half. I don't know if that's just because he, he thinks he's going to hit a home run every time or something, or maybe just a little bit of a, of a regression. But actually, I think that the on offense, the brothers have been a bit more consistent than the Lions um, across the season. And I think that might be the deciding factor. All right. Well, what aspects for the Lions need to step up for them to win the series? So as I think as we learned in the last game of the season – well, it was starting game was started out one to one. So basically, say the final score was uh, two to one because those other two games happened a month or those the first two innings happened a month ago. Uh, so I think what we learned is you have to have uh, great pitching because the Lions were able to squeak out two runs against DePaula and Sinkovich uh, held them to just one run and then bullpen closed them out in the ninth. So great starting pitching because the brothers will also have great starting pitching. So if the Lions can win the low-scoring games, mm-hmm. uh, that'll be a huge advantage. Hmm. All right. Well, for the other side, what about the brothers' squad scares you the most? Uh, I'd say it's just there are times when, like, DePaula or Miranda can just, like, get on a roll. And I've seen highlights this year at least a few times where Miranda, like, strikes out the side – or uh, DePaula strikes on the side. And it's, it seems like it happens, like it multi- it's happened multiple times per season, it feels like. So being from the brother's perspective now, um, if you get your starting pitchers on a roll, and then if you get like Xu Hong or Su Wei Da or Wang Wei Chen, Chan Su Sen, Chen Su Hao, if you get those guys clicking on offense, then I think it's also, how should I say this? The, I think pitching is more important in especially with the high caliber of foreign pitchers in this series mm-hmm. for both teams. The same thing that I said for the Lions, I'll say for the brothers, if they can win the low scoring games, they'll be in a good position. But because they have, I think they have a slightly better advantage with pitching. If their offense can give them some breathing room, maybe scoring a few runs in the first couple innings and then let the starters in the bullpen shut the Lions down the rest of the way, they'll be, they'll be in a great position. Well, if that's the case, who do you have for an MVP prediction? Oh, MVP prediction. That's, I think it depends on like the starting pitchers. I've heard rumors that pitcher who pitches in game one will also pitch in game four, which is kind of, I don't know, that feels like a bit of a stretch to me. Like that's, mm-hmm. you start on Saturday and then you start again on Wednesday. That's quite the turnaround. I don't know if they'll, if that will really happen. I don't know if that has happened in the past i mean maybe if you're down 3-0 and you need to win that last or you need to win that fourth game but assuming the series is only like 2-1 at that point i would think that the pitcher who pitches game one will pitch him in game five uh, which means if there is a pitcher that wins mvp it's probably going to be a relief pitcher but with a higher chance that the mvp of the series is going to be offensive player 
Um, I'll just go with uh, Wang Wei Chen because hmm, okay. uh, he seems like he always gets on base. He makes great defensive plays. He's just a solid contact guy. You can always count on him to get at least one or two hits per game. He doesn't necessarily hit home runs, but he'll get hits when you need him. All right, that's interesting. I wonder if they might play him at second base, try to get Suida in the lineup as well to get more left-handed bats against the right-handed heavy Lions pitching staff. Yeah, and he, I, he's played at second and third. I think he's mm-hmm. probably played a bit at shortstop this year. Yeah, I mean, I guess I mean, normally you think of Suida as a first baseman, but I guess he could play third as well. I didn't really think about that. Not happen on often, but it's something to consider. All interesting things to think about. Evan, thank you so much for being on the show. All right, you're very welcome, Ryan. Now it's time for who I call the World Baseball Commish for her wide-reaching fandom and love for baseball everywhere. Everyone knows her by her handle, at InfieldFlyGirl. Now her focus has narrowed to aspiring locker room invader through tablet-drawn art of players. And most importantly, our fierce leader of the CPVL English community, I welcome onto the show, Allison. Say hi, Allison. Good morning, Ryan. How are you? I'm doing so good now that I have very anticipated, highly anticipated guests on the shows. I ask everyone this question, and I will be curious to your answer. Have you ever or do you currently play baseball? I have a fantastic stand-by-me style um, story of one summer playing baseball in my grandmother's backyard with the 22 kids that lived up the street. Um, And other than that, I have never played baseball in my life. Of course, pinned to the top of your profile is your batting practice in the woods. Is that close to home? Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a lovely little um, practice like baseball field for an old schoolhouse uh, up in the mountains here. And and my husband and my son and I will go out there and, and toss BP to each other sometimes. Very cool. All right, let's get to it. So I think you've shared this widely, but on my show for the first time, how did you start as a fan of the CPBL and uh, why was the Monkees your favorite team? My dear friend, Danny Rocket, who runs the Sun Ranto podcast, mm-hmm. uh, we were chatting on Twitter. He shared a video of Lion and Saba Boy dancing. Um, it was high new quarantine. Um, everything was sort of scary and depressing and sports were gone. And I just told him, I said, Danny, I miss sports. And he asked me to pick a team, said we'd all root together. Um, we chatted a little bit, and he found me a slugging catcher on the Monkees, and so the Monkees became my team. I'm pretty easy to get along with. I like home runs, so they that were was, giving up a lot of those at the time. <laughs> that was their speciality. Your thoughts on the CPBL season we just finished with? It was such a wild ride. I don't think there was a boring moment to be found the entire time. I'm so glad to have been a part of it. It was absolutely bonkers. So how would you evaluate your team's season? The Monkees, of course, unable to defend their title. Gosh, it's hard to hard to say. You know, I truly loved being a part of every bit of it. Um, they were fun to watch. It was good baseball for most of the time. There were a, a few parts in that second half that I think probably could have gone better. I'm interested to see how uh, Daddy Sung develops as a manager past his rookie season. That's true. There are three new guys, and he's one of them. Maybe with the heaviest of expectations as well. 
defending a team that's just won three titles in a row has got to be a, a particular challenge. Yeah, for a new guy. So how impressed are you with the second half champion Lions team? They are, I, I can't argue with the results. The best team won out, I truly believe. Um, they made some incredible decisions with uh, hiring foreign pitching. The The team has such amazing dugout energy. Um, you can tell this is a group of guys that really love playing baseball together. And, and I think that shows a lot, not only just on screen in the fun little moments, but but it shows up on the scoreboard too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm proud of them overall. They absolutely were one of those teams you'd like to watch as soon as the broadcast turns on. So who do you got for the Taiwan series and in how many games? I want the Lions. I want them in, I'm saying six. That's what I you want. I think they could do it in five, but I want six because more baseball. I, I don't think any of us are going to survive them dragging it out to seven and extra innings. And gosh, no, I can't do that. Um, but no, I want the Lions in six. You sound particularly tortured by some of the long baseball games here in Taiwan. <laughs> Not necessarily. Uh, it's It was a long end to the season specifically. I think um, a very small part of me wishes the monkeys had actually just been out of contention to spare me the trauma. <laughs> Now we have on Daniel Shi, Texas Longhorn, with lots of experience on the mic and in front of the camera, actually. He goes by at Daniel underscore Shi 88. This year, he has taken over the official CBBL Twitter for English content. And besides running his own sports podcast, Rants with Danny Shi, this year he was a guest caller on his Idol's widely syndicated program, The Rich Eisen Show, so that he could thank Rich for retweeting the Lean Zushin home run robbery and the fake out. Welcome, Daniel. Well, thank you for having me. It's an honor. Sure. So, Daniel, have you ever or do you currently play baseball yourself? I, I did play baseball. I, I started basically when I was in Beijing. Baseball in China, in mainland China, is not the most popular sport, but we still found a small community to play with. Played with a lot of Americans, expats there, and I played until uh, my senior year in high school. So, yeah, I played a little bit. The level of baseball was not high at all. Um, we had jerseys, we had cool stuff, we had bats, we had stuff like that, but best we're going to see was probably 80 miles per hour fastballs. So it wasn't anything crazy. And after that, um, when I went to Austin for college, oh, come on, I just joined a recreational softball team. And cool. uh, in 2020, I haven't been playing anything because of this crazy pandemic. Well, maybe you ought to change that. So how did you start as a fan of the CPBL and how are the Monkeys your favorite team? Yeah, so uh, before we moved to Beijing, it was like first and second grade. My mom, like during a summer, my mom was like, hey, you want to join, uh, go join a baseball camp? That was when Chiming Wang was really good and baseball yep. was like the sport in, in Taiwan. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. And then I don't even know how, why my mom picked the Lanu Bears baseball team, baseball mm-hmm. camp. But that's, that's where I ended up going. And I was there for a week. After that, it's kind of followed that tree. We know the La New Bears, the Lamigo Monkeys, and the Rakuten Monkeys now. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's how I got to the CPPL and baseball overall. It was Chiming Wang back uh, in 2006 and 2007. Very cool. Have you had the chance to go to Taoyuan this season to check out some games? Yeah, I was there for a couple times as a uh, league media person. I was there for one game as a fan. Yeah, I, I, I have gone to Taoyuan and the, the one game I went as a fan, that was about as sloppy of a game as the Monkeys had played all season. So really, 
just kind of killed my mood and uh, killed my willingness to go back once again. Huh. Well, we'll get back to those monkeys, but um, some thoughts on the CPBL season overall that we've just finished. What a, what a season. Um, I think it's definitely a, a historic season um, and I'm more than honored to be a part of it, especially on, on the uh, content producing side and on the field, the Rakuten monkeys. I mean, I mean, we, again, we're going to get into it later, but they looked so good in the first month that we thought it was going to be in the bag for, for them. Um, but the brothers obviously fought back in the second half, especially the last uh, five to six weeks was about as competitive as exciting um, as a league can get, especially a four-team league. And I, and I loved, absolutely loved every minute of the last month or so. Absolutely. Uh, my impression, of course, was that the Monkeys are very good at home. And so I only attended one game that they kind of stunk the place up. But that's all right. How impressed were you with the second-half champion Lions team? Um, thoroughly, thoroughly impressed. Um, I, I got to say, though, props to the Fubon Guardians. Their Absolutely. makeup schedule, their makeup schedule was tough, and you know it was a little bit less tough with the rainout on Thursday that gave them a day off, or else they would have had uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday against each other CPPL team at their full strength. Right, the brothers was going for the second half. The monkeys needed the Guardians to not win Wednesday and Friday, and so they were going all out. And the Lions obviously were, were going all out. So they had to face three consecutive full-strength CPPL team in a row, which most of the teams had at least a good amount of rest, right? And so they came out of it with a one and two record. Um, they were half a game away. And looking at how they finished in the first half and compare that to the second half and how this team totally changed you know, how they played in the last six weeks of the season to, to give themselves a chance um, to stay in the season in the championship hunt. I think the Guardians deserve a lot of credit. But for the Lions, I mean, uh, you got to give props to Millville and Stankwitz, right? In the last two games of the season where they cannot lose, or especially in Xingzhong when they had to face Henry Sosa for the second time in seven days, and the last time Henry Sosa absolutely dominated the lineup, mm-hmm. Millville went on. You can see that for early innings. Millville was a lot of, on a lot of pressure. Because he knew he couldn't give up anything against Henry Sosa. And he was, and the Lions were able to get out of a lot of tough innings. And as it went on, Melville just settled in and he finished the game with a 123-pitch shutout, which not only was, you know, the shutout obviously was important, but because the Lions have a following day that's almost as important, Melville was able to get out of the game without the Lions using another pitcher. And I thought that was absolutely amazing. Absolutely. Melville ending the season with an ERA of 2.93, I believe. Yes, that would have led the league if he was to qualify. Of course, all the Lions pitchers coming in after the calendar was in August. So let's check out the Taiwan series. Who do you got and how many games? Um, Yeah, so the brothers faced the Lions in the Taiwan series in a best of seven. I got the brothers in five. The Lions can't hit Miranda, nor DePaula, nor Rogers. They especially can't hit lefties. Now, obviously, last night, the Lions versus the brothers in that um, clinching game, it, it turned out was the brothers that couldn't hit Stankwitz rather than mm-hmm. the other way around. But if you look at the game, the Lions really only had one rally. You know, it was a shortened game. You know, the game started in the top of the third. So they played um, seven innings. 
They really only had, again, they only had one rally in the top of the sixth, the bottom of the sixth, and that was a four-hit, you know, all our singles. The all were just found the right spot in the infield and great base running, aggressive hitting, and they, you know, they saw the fastballs come in. DePaula was a little bit unsettled, and they took advantage of that. But I don't think if you give two more innings to the brothers lineup that they might be able to break Stankwitz. Um because you look at, at all the three, four pitches for the Lions, I think one of their problems is using too many pitches in a game. And so by the time they get to the sixth or the seventh inning, they are probably at 100 pitches. They can't go longer. And you have to rely on the Lions' bullpen, um, which is I don't think can be that reliable. Uh, but yesterday, it's a shortened game. So that kind of worked really well for the Lions. They can go straight from Stankwitz to the closer to Inwood. In, in a nine-inning game, uh, where you have back-to-backs, I think, with Rodgers, Miranda, and DePola, who has shown you they can dominate a whole game and throw out shutouts, one-hit shutouts, two-hit shutouts, especially against a Lions team that can't really hit lefties. I think the brothers will take this one, and I think they'll win in five games. Wow. Let's not forget, too, that the brothers do struggle the most with runners in scoring position as a team overall, and they did squander a lot of opportunities. The Lions, on the other hand, rallied with two outs, so I was very impressed by that. What other aspects of the matchup are you interested in? Um, I think it's really interesting to see Juan in the Taiwan Series Mm -hmm. for the Elephants. Again, the big weakness for the Lions throughout the 120-game season is especially the second half, is they only have three foreign starters mm-hmm. against four for other teams. But in the Taiwan series, you can only pick three. And with Arturo Reyes and Mitch Lively out, the brothers only have three. So it's three versus three foreign pitching. And in game four, uh, you probably want to send out a domestic starter. Now, on the Lions side, I don't, I don't really know who you put out. <laughs> um, I don't think – yeah, it's – I don't think – I think one of those top uh, first four games might be a wash for the Lions – but Juan will be important because in order for the brothers to fully exploit that, they need a really good starter for the domestic pitcher game. And if Juan pitches well, remotely 80% or 90% to what he was in the first half, I think the brothers really, really has a good shot of winning this one. And again, the other aspect is how does the Lions cope with the left, uh, lefty arms and how do they battle how do they battle against Miranda, DePaula, and, and Rodgers? Can they drive those pitch count up and hopefully face the bullpen? Which, again, the brothers' bullpen is still very good. So I think in a four-game series, a seven-game series, which is much different than last night, which is a one-game playoff, basically, I think the brothers will have the upper hand. That's true. Huang Lens is sometimes in the first half of the season look like an ace for right. no matter domestic or foreign starters. Now, Checking out their pitchers, they also have a few lefties in the bullpen. Don't have the breathtaking numbers, but that might factor in in the series. So do you have an MVP prediction? I think uh, let's give it a a long, hard think about this one. I think it goes to a hitter. Uh, Barring that Hans gives two eight-inning shutouts or, you know, two great performances. I think it goes to Joe Sichi, the mm. veteran DH for the team. He's been the only hot bat basically in the last four weeks, in my opinion. He deservedly takes that cleanup spot in that, you know, very, very deep brothers lineup. And with Hollywood, you know, I don't think he's 
I doubt he will come back. And if he does, I think he'll be more of a pinch hitting option rather than a, a long-term starting center fielder option. Um, and so Zhou Sichi takes up that role in that cleanup spot. And I think he'll come up with huge, huge hits after another, after another, after another. And he's a great leader on this club, in this clubhouse. And he, I think he will bring the brothers to the promised land. That's true. Zhou Sichi setting his personal record in terms of home runs with 22 on the season. And with runners in scoring position, he hits 405 on the season. Much better against right. lefties yeah. than righties. And that was something I was interested in when it came to the last at-bat and the clinching game where I believe um, Xu Jihong was able to reach base. Right. Um, he has one of the lowest risk. And it was up to Stevie who has one of the highest, but he hits a hard-hit ground ball. And that ends the game. Well, thanks a lot, Daniel, for coming on. I'm very appreciative of your take and all the other callers' takes. And uh, we'll be looking forward to that Taiwan series. Yeah, it's an honor being on. Again, by the way, by the way, your show, I think, besides mine, your show is my first, you know, guest interview after the Rich Eisen show. So not, it's, also, it's a really, really, you know, the level is right there. You and Rich Eisen show is like right there. It's the same level. Same, oh, same level thank you. Show. Thank you yeah. so much. Yes, I work yeah. really hard. I put in a lot of time like Rich and I know all the people and uh, that's, how, that's, yeah. that's how you make it. Yeah, right. the Ryan Rich Eisen Chen. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Danny. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. Look out for much more content in the coming days. Once again, this is Taiwanese Pro Ball hosted by Ryan Chen. See ya!